Today's podcast is brought to you by Helion Technologies, the largest IT service provider exclusively serving the unique needs of automobile and heavy truck dealers for more than two decades. To learn more about Helion, please visit us online at heliontechnologies.com. Welcome to Helion Bite Size, where auto and heavy truck dealers can get short, digestible pieces of IT insight and advice. I'm your host, Jeff Mason. Today, a look at the first of two episodes that will cover the proper cybersecurity defenses that a dealer should have in place in order to best mitigate the risk of a cybersecurity attack. In this part, we're going to discuss the human side of a proper cybersecurity defense. As usual, I have Eric Nockbar with me. Eric is founder and president of Helion Technologies, and he's not only a certified information system security professional, but he's also been working with dealers for more than two decades to keep their dealerships secure. First, let's talk a little bit about best practice. Is this something that Eric Nockbar just came up with? So definitely the best practices are not something that I'm coming up with. What we're doing is we are following a series of security standards. And to give you an example of, of one that you're familiar with uh, in the dealership world would be PCI compliance. So PCI is a series of standards and frameworks that define how credit card processors and banks protect credit card and check information that that runs through their system, right? So that's that's a, a series of, of sound practices and what that's supposed to look like. The security framework that we use is called CIS. And CIS is the Center for Internet Security. And they've defined 20 controls that are really just 20 different pieces that you need to look at in a roadmap on how to keep your computer network secure. And that CIS framework can be applied to any business. So it's used for you know, commercial businesses, nonprofits, the military, government. Um, so there's a lot of different types of organizations that implement CIS. And the challenge with, with any framework is you have to look at it because it'll be very broad and you have to define what of that framework is relevant to the business that you're applying the framework to. So we've sat down and applied the CIS framework to auto dealerships and the, the specific things that occur in a dealership technology environment, um, and, and you apply that to a dealership to figure out what best practices look like. So in looking at best practices for our discussion, I'd like to break things up into um, two parts. Part one, which we'll discuss today, will be about the best practices that a dealership should have in place that have to do more with the human side of the equation. And then in the next episode, we'll talk about the technology side. So from a, a human perspective related to best practice, talk about the top three things, the top three best practices that a dealer should have in place. Yeah. So the three fundamental practices that I would tell you that that a dealer needs to think about and focus on, uh, and, and, and incidentally, this is where you know, if you spend your time on the human element, you're going to get the most bang for your buck. So there's a lot of different things we're going to talk about that are also all very important. But if you think about these different layers of security, the the human perspective is the number one in thwarting these cyber criminals. So there's three categories for that. The first is training. Uh, what kind of actual training are you going to give your people? And I'll talk a little bit more about that. 
Um, the second one is governance. So that really has to do with how are you setting up your security and data access and what kind of practices and policies are you using there? And then proactive planning. When some sort of disaster strikes, right, with a cyber attack, what are you going to do? So let's dive into the training piece. This seems incredibly important since I um, I think I read that 91% of cybersecurity breaches start with a successful phishing attack. So training seems um, top of mind. Let's talk about that first. Yeah. So the, the most common way for cyber criminals to penetrate a dealership, and we're seeing this, you know, on a daily basis is employees letting them in. And and we all know this. You see all of these different types of emails and links that are getting sent. And the reason there's such a high volume of them is the cyber criminals know eventually somebody's going to click on one of these things and, and cause a security incident. So the way you need to transform your employees to deal with that threat is to train them. Because what the cyber criminals are counting on is that your employees don't know how to spot this stuff and they're going to get tricked. They're busy. It's going to happen. So the, the fundamental pieces of training employees is first, you have to establish some sort of baseline. So typically, the way training works is because you're, the, the main thing you're trying to train is how to spot phishing threats, right? So these emails that come in that people are clicking on and getting lured into, the first step is testing and developing a baseline. So you send in some tests, you see what people click on, and there's systems that do this, and then you know what your level of risk is based on what people, how much people are clicking on, which you're going to probably not be surprised that a lot of people will click on this stuff. Then you do some training, right? So you make sure that everyone learns how to spot these different types of threats. Um, and then you have ongoing, you know, simulated phishing attacks on your system where employees are getting uh, training emails that basically will test to see if they can spot them. And that keeps them on their toes. So it really is about creating this hypersensitive cybersecurity culture, both showing employees what to spot, but then just keeping them on their toes by having it be clear that they're going to get tested and they're going to show up on reports and have to do remedial training if they if they um, aren't paying attention. So the training piece seems like a no-brainer. Talk a little bit about the governance side. Well, governance is an area where all dealers um, struggle and, and frankly, businesses of all sizes struggle. What governance has to do with, I would say, primarily in the dealership is what kind of access privileges people have. And, and the age old example of that would be, um, you know, in the DMS cloning users, right? So the way we used to always set up an employee in the DMS is you've got, you know, Sally. Sally is a service advisor. You hire Mike. Mike starts. You clone Sally's account. Well, the thing that that we don't think about is, yes, Sally was a service advisor, but before she left, she moved into accounting and was doing payables. So her that access was added to her account. Well, now when Mike clones Sally, um, you know, now Mike has payables access, and that's kind of a very basic example that I think anybody that's been in the dealership world for years knows that that's happened and has seen it happen. And so that's one of the issues that occurs kind of all over the place, um, not just in dealerships, but in all businesses, this notion of we're just going to copy people. There's not a lot of thought put into what kind of access people have and how those roles are set up and kind of how access is delegated. Um, so that's one of the key things about governance is having a plan and having a well thought out methodology that doesn't necessarily take a lot of time um, where you know, when users are set up on the system, we're making very um, careful attention to, you know, 
what access are they getting set up with? How are their passwords handled? And when they leave, how are they deleted and how is their security maintained? Or if they're given more security, what does that look like? So there's a lot of different pieces to governance, but it's actually not that difficult. It's just something that you have to actually sit down and pay attention to and, and work through. The last best practice that you mentioned was uh, proactive planning. What does what does that include? So proactive plan- planning is another thing that is absolutely critical that we see really very few um, dealers and businesses in general do. So there's a few steps to that. First, you should conduct a risk assessment, which you should be doing every one to two years. So you have an outside firm come in. The best ones we always recommend are a CPA firm come in and actually see what your risk is, see what your vulnerabilities are, both technologically and in practice. You need to identify some team members. So who are the people that are going to deal with a cybersecurity incident? So imagine somebody says, hey, all of our computers are shutting down. Who do they let know, right? What type of incidents do you have? So is it somebody got a bad email or is it all the computers at one of the stores are down, right? Those are different levels of incidents, but who's going to be responsible for dealing with that, right? And does everyone know about that? Um, and then having, you know, an inventory of everything that you have, your resources, your assets, um, how is it getting used? What happens if those things are offline? And then having a recovery process. So if everything goes offline, right, who gets called? What do we do to actually recover, right? You're going to call the insurance company. You're going to call your security experts, your IT team. You know, all of these things are going to be critical. And it doesn't require a 10-page document. Even if you just write down on one page, here's who people call, here's going to be in, who's going to be involved, here are kind of the big incidents and, and what we're going to do in each one of those scenarios, right? There's not a ton of different scenarios for these security incidents. And then who's going to document what happens as it happens? Because assume that every security incident, right, has a lawyer attached to the end of that incident. So, you know, a little bit of planning is going to go a long way when something terrible happens as it relates to security. Makes total sense. I can see how uh, planning this stuff out beforehand can save a hell of a lot of time as opposed to scrambling around and trying to figure this out in the cloud of chaos once you're um, once you've suffered a breach. On the next episode, we'll get into the technical side of the equation. Well, that's it for today. I hope you found the discussion informative. See you next time.